Those are some very rich uh, texts we have, both from uh, Jeremiah and the psalm, and I'm going to do my best to, to pull this all together, okay? Um, also, is Christ the King Sunday, and I, um, I was raised in a tradition where this was not a, a feast day. Um, how many of you were raised in a tradition that did not have Christ the King as a part of your, you know, probably more than, than a raise in your hands? Um, <laughs> That's okay. Um, Anyway, so um, let me have a prayer for us. Um, Come Holy Spirit and take our lips and speak with them. Take our lives and work through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire with the love of the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So I did a little history uh, about Christ the King Sunday. Um, might be interested, you might not. So um, it's just real short. Um, in, ni- in 1925, um, Pope Pius XI um, set aside the last Sunday of October to be Christ the King Sunday. All right. Um, later, Vatican II, and now we're not Roman Catholic here, guys. So this is what the, the church was doing. Later, Ra- Vatican II moved it to the last Sunday of the year, which is today, our church year. Appropriately so. Um, if you know anything about the season of Advent, there's that, that hole we're expecting the Christ to come again, and we're also preparing for his birth. So there's that whole thing going on. And so to acknowledge Christ as king is very appropriate for this last Sunday. But what's more important to note, at least for me and the message I want to offer you, um, is the original designation almost 100 years ago was made to counter the destructive forces of fascism that was going on in Italy and in Spain, um, and, it's, and also what was about to happen in, in Germany with Nazism. And these ideologies, fascism and Nazism and even some forms of communism, include a belief in the supremacy of one group over another, right? I think we all know that. And so the church, in her wisdom, said, wait a minute, no. Christ is king. His rule um, rules, not man-made ideologies. And the truth, um, we all know this, we've been oppressing one another since the beginning of time. Um, It's not anything new. Um, One group oppressing another is not something that we can just point a finger at and say, you did that. Thus, I believe, Christ proclaims over and over and over again in scriptures that any system, any ideology, which disqualifies a person or a people's group from receiving the grace and mercy and justice of God flies in the face of the heart of God. Amen? While the church has been susceptible to this false gospel of entitlement, Because we, her leaders, are flawed, and we tend to be bent towards self. Um, Correction and reform have won the day numerous times throughout the history of God's people, and probably is doing so today. So it will go on sadly until Christ returns again and restores all things for good. Um, This is not an excuse or justification for the wrongs that we commit against one another, but it is an open profession of the need we all have 
to continually repent and return to the Lord. Amen? This is not a Lenten sermon, I promise you. Um, so, Millard Fuller, just a little bit of more foundation of what I want to say. Millard Fuller, the founder of Habitat for Humanity, um, he quotes Deuteronomy 15, 11 as kind of the launching text um, for Habitat. And this is what it says, chapter 15, 11 of Deuteronomy. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to the needy and to the poor. Amen. So um, we all know this. Um, we know that um, in our hearts that this should be on our minds daily. The kingdom that has been established in Jesus cares for all people and honors all people. It is not some faraway land with castles and royal courtyards where the elite parade and the people line the streets to give homage to their sovereign. The kingdom of God is here among us. And Jesus is the king. And honor is due his name. Yet at the same time, we are his. No longer slaves. We're fellow heirs. In Colossians, our reading today, we hear these amazing words. So if you've got your Bible, you can open to it. Um, Colossians 1, starting in verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into his kingdom, the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Isn't that amazing? So not only is the kingdom of God here, but we are his kingdom. We're it. Yes, Jesus, sovereign king, beloved son, the Lord of righteousness, if you will, as Jeremiah says, but we are it. The kingdom is here among us. I'm just going to read a, a little bit more of Colossians. Um, and I'm not going to get too much into dissecting it, but just let me just read this to you. Um, not that you didn't read it beautifully, but it's just worthy of hearing again. Um, he goes on and says, after we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, he is the image of the invisible God. I mean, this, that is just amazing to me. He is the image of the invisible God. Uh, another way of saying that, God has stamped his image on Jesus. Over in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it has a little bit slightly different angle. He says, he's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. You put those two together, the word in Colossians is icon. And it's the word where they get, where they, you stamp the image of the, of the king on the coin. And if you've seen some of the icons we have out there, those icons are not painted. Those icons are drawn from Scripture. They're, you don't make them up. Um, those icons are drawn from the Word. And so what this text says is God has stamped um, His image on Christ. And then the word in Hebrews is the same word for character. So He is the exact imprint of the character of God. So we have the image and character stamped in Jesus. Um, we believe this. We believe there is no other 
than Jesus that is the image and the fullness of God that has his character stamped in it. Guys, there's beauty and truth that flow out of lots of folks, man, throughout the history of the world. But the exact imprint of God's nature and his character is on Jesus, the king. Amen? So, um, fullness of God, pleased to dwell. So, let me just read a little bit more of you. Um, so then it goes on and says, for by him, and, and listen to this phrase, by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whereby thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. You think Paul's trying to make a point here? Um, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything or in all things, he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace. This is our king, this Jesus. And back to the beginning, he has qualified us. That's amazing. All the conditions have been met for us to enter into full citizenship with all the privileges that that entails. There's no male or female. There's no slave or free. There's no ethnicity or social standing that qualifies any of us. Christ Jesus, the beloved son, the one who said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And to the thief today, you will be with me. He's the one that sealed the deal. And not only has he qualified us, but he's delivered us from darkness to light, from bondage to freedom, from shame to honor, from outcast to a place at the table. And he's asked us to have open arms and to invite others in this kingdom right here among us to join us at the table. Now, I'm going to close um, with a place that my mind went, and I look out there as a number of you uh, guys, you men especially, that are in small groups with me, and you know my mind can go in bizarre places. All right? So, uh, this is where I want to go. Um, if you go to Psalm 46, uh, it says this, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of God most high. Now, what is that about? I want to suggest it's a picture of the kingdom. The river of God whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation. And who are the streams? I think it's us. And I'm going to keep going with this, all right? So uh, hang with me here. Um, so I did a little research. And do you know what a watershed is? Anybody know what a watershed is? The Mobile Bay watershed all right, it has the fourth largest freshwater inflow of any watershed in our country. Isn't that amazing? It's the sixth largest watershed in our country. 
And if you look at a picture of the watershed, um, it covers 65% of the state of Alabama and portions of Mississippi and Tennessee. Does anybody know where my mind's going on this yet? Uh, well, let me tell you. Uh, um, so here it is. It's the sixth largest. It's, so if you look at the map, the area covers, that area covers, and it represents industry, universities, farming, tourism, urban residential, rural residential, middle income, upper income, lower income, Mobile, Montgomery, Birmingham, all are part of this watershed. And I think it's safe to say that the diversity of the people in the state of Alabama, just in Alabama, are represented by this watershed. That is a picture of the kingdom of God. If you want to expand it out a little bit and do the watershed of the Gulf of Mexico, that is amazing. 31 states, some of the provinces in Canada, Mexico, I mean, all between the, the Rocky Mountains and Appalachian and all of Florida into the Gulf of Mexico, a picture of the people of God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the habitation of the Most High. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say here? We are the kingdom. You are the kingdom. Our neighbor is the kingdom of God. Um, the application is real clear. Christ is king. And all are invited into this kingdom. He redeemed all. Um, everything. Leave you with three words. He's qualified. Who's he qualified? Everyone. Even if they don't know it, he qualified them. He died while we were still far away from him. He qualified us by his death on the cross before we even knew it. He's forgiven and delivered us, those who accept that and, re and believe that, into a kingdom of light, no more shame. And then as the head of the body, the church, it says he's the beginning. It goes on and says some other things. But if he's the beginning, that means he's the beginning. Everything begins with him. Every action Every response begins with Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. Amen.